The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it Congratulate them, we know they doubted Somehow we made it up out the pit Back against the wall, never quit Traversing through each obstacle Show a non-believer what's possible Let nothing they could do stand In between me and my wildest dreams Let's go Nothing that come at us could come in between Life gave me the worst Yet my side grew so green We've been down in the dirt Been tossed in the trash But I never strayed from my path When we're gone we ain't looking back maybe we were all way too high maybe that's our fault it's gonna be a crazy time but it's gonna be a fun time life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice all right all right all right it is tuesday january 24th the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast back here with you, trekking through the winter season, trekking through the NFL playoffs as well. We are down to just four teams remaining in a hunt for a championship title in the NFL. Big cock Brock Purdy. He's on a mission, Mr. Irrelevant, to lead the 49ers into Philadelphia, hostile territory there. And Joey B, old Joe Burr, he's going to try to stay cool as a cucumbers. He heads to Kansas City this week to take on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Today on the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, we are absolutely loaded for you guys. We're going to talk news. Has Joey B passed? Josh Allen is the QB1 for fantasy football. We're going to talk that. Bill O'Brien, he's back with New England. Greg Roman, he's out in Baltimore. What does this mean for those fantasy football assets? We're going to tell you. And then we also have our off-season bets. Where's Aaron Rodgers going to go? Where's Tom Brady going to go if he returns? And who will be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft come April? We're going to round it out with our interactive drinking game, Ring of Fire. We've gotten some rave reviews on that. So we'll have Kyle Scott, our audio joining us there. My name is Seth Woolcock. I am joined by a man who lives in Colorado but refuses to ski or snowboard. A man who is a Broncos fan but dislikes John Elway, thinks he's a prick. And a man who just last week I called a media pundit for his attack on Aaron Rodgers, Nathan Polvote. Nate, how are you, my friend? Um, I, I know you're staying uh, staying cool over there. Yeah, it's a little chilly. It got up to a whopping 32 degrees here today. Woohoo. But this time next week, I'm going to be in the middle of the Caribbean. So I can't complain too much. And just to clarify, I don't think John Elway's a prick. I think he's a really, really big asshole. There's a difference here. Prick, really big asshole. I mean, dude, his What's reputation, his, this, his reputation in this city precedes him. People do not like dealing with him in public. Okay. All just right. Just saying it. All right, Nate's fitting the truth about John Elway. Either way, we got good vibes today on the show. Producer Scott, Kyle Scott joining us. Kyle, how you doing there in the back end tonight, our friend? I'm doing great, Seth. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. Good to have you. Good to have the IBT family rocking with us as well. No John Elway tonight, but we will get by with Albert. Good evening, IBT from Albert. Hey, guys, from Brad. Good to see you, gentlemen. We appreciate you so much for tuning in. It's a big time right now in the sports world. Not only do we have the NFL season wrapping up here in just a couple of weeks, the PGA season is in full swing. Uh, no pun intended there. 19th, 19th hole, our, uh, our show over there, just wrapped up a little bit earlier today. And then 
a week from Thursday, the the back road, which is our NASCAR betting and DFS show. That's going to be back for the Bush Latte Clash, Nate. Never, never found a better sponsored race than the Bush Light Clash. How about it? Well, you know, I'm going to have to start watching that show because, you know, I know next to nothing about NASCAR. I was an IndyCar kid growing up, big Al Unser fan, Danny Sullivan, uh, but it is good content. We know that. And you have helped people win their fantasy NASCAR leagues. You guys come with it every week. Same thing with, same thing with the 19th hole, guys. It, if you want to win some money, you need to tune into their show. It's an easy way to win money on the PGA and maybe get yourself a little bit more interested in golf. Give you a reason to pay attention. I've had a blast over there with Bo and Connor learning more about the PGA the last couple seasons. They're already hot. They called the winner two weeks ago. They led me into some money yesterday on the sports book as well. So thankful for those gentlemen, 100%. Nate, let's help some people win some money tonight as well. But before that, let's jump in some front and center and talk a little bit about this news that's breaking. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. All right, front and center, here we are, Nate. And let's start with a very pressing topic. The Bengals, you and I called them getting back to the Super Bowl here early in the playoffs. They were some of our favorites heading into this shingding. And Joe Burrow absolutely just ran through Josh Allen and the Bills this weekend. And there's a lot of shade right now going on the Bills. I'm hearing calls that Josh Allen isn't as good as we thought he was and that he's Tony Romo. Uh, We're getting comparisons all over the place for this Buffalo Bills team. Obviously, Stephon Diggs, rightfully so. He storms out. Duke Johnson grabs him back for the, you know, a little bit of the after aftermath there. But just a big mess here in Buffalo. But with this said, are you willing to crown Joe Burrow the QB1 of fantasy football? Josh Allen's been an absolute monster the last two seasons, um, even dating back into 2020 and 2019 as well. So here's, I, I actually did kind of a deep dive on Burrow this season, stat-wise, look not a super deep dive, but deep enough for me to answer this question how I feel I should. He was a QB4 last season. Pretty good, right? But he was a QB2 from week six on, second to only Patrick Mahomes. He had a rough start. We all saw it. Since he had a rough start, they were, what, two and three? And we were, oh, well, this team's in week one. Yeah, it yeah, was awesome. This, this team's done. Forget about it. The Super Bowl hangover is real. They're not going to make it even to the playoffs this year. It's a real possibility. But then Burrow turned on, he turned it on, flipped the switch. And again, QB2 from week six on. That's impressive to me. And he did it with Mixon. Uh, wasn't super reliable this season. Uh, I think he was RB14 on the year. Their defense wasn't great. Their offensive line wasn't great. Yeah, Burrow still continued to keep up this performance and now has his team competing for a Super Bowl. So I think it's a fair conversation. He might be the dynasty for me, QB1, and he might be my QB1 next season. I, I want to see how these next two weeks play out, these next two games. But if I had to say right now, yeah, he's my QB1 going into 2023. Okay, Nate is reacting to what he saw over the weekend. I'm going to say not so fast, my friend. 
Josh Allen did average over two full fantasy points more than him this last season. And to me, what I learned this weekend is Josh Allen needs some more weapons out there. I mean, yes. he's thrown to Cole Beasley a ton, signed fresh off the street, didn't want to play for Tampa Bay, said they're having me run gassers in the full game. I wasn't ready for that. But I'll take a trip back to Buffalo, try to win a chip. And Gabe Davis, like he is their number two wide receiver, but he only had 48 receptions. Certainly he's a big play guy, averages over 15 yards per reception. But still, he's not, I I don't think he's a number two. Like you need someone, a a Calvin Ridley to Julio, a Juju to an AB when those were both elite players. Like you need someone like that. I think if this Bills team wants to go, you also need to think about grabbing one of these elite running backs, whether that's Bijan Robinson, Jamar Gibbs, Zach Evans, some of these bigger profile guys, I think they should be investing in them. Devin Singletary, free agent here, Nate. But I think they have to draft a wide receiver. And they came out, Brandon Bean, the the general manager, came out today saying that he would love to do what the Bengals did and have a Jamar Chase, but you have to stink a couple years to get a Jamar Chase. Here's the free agency class, Nate. You tell me if, if there's any intriguing names the Bills should attack or if they should be going into the draft for their number two wide receiver. Juju, Lazard, and DJ Chark are pretty much the top of this class. Those were middle-of-the-road guys last year when they were free agents, a couple of them. Do you like those options, or would you rather get younger here? Jackson Smith, Najigba, Kayshawn Boutte, Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, a couple of the names in the back half, the first round, second, and third round receivers they could also go after. They need to do it in the draft. None of those guys are going to turn the needle. And what they really need to do – What they really need to do is they've got to get a running game for Josh Allen. He can't be the focal point of their running game. And he wasn't, but was closer than you'd like to see. He had 762 yards rushing. He was second on the team behind Singletary's 819. So he wasn't even that far behind their RB1 for most of the season. Allen ran the ball 67 times, just shy of Cook's 89. You can't have that out of a quarterback. The team's going to be successful. And what we saw on Sunday is that they could load up against the run in run situations and they could spy Allen all day. And they essentially took the run game away from Buffalo. You don't win championships like that, especially in this NFL. You have to be good at all facets of the game. They've got to improve this running game. I think they can hang with Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, some of these like lower tier guys in addition to Diggs with Dawson Knox, but if they don't get a run game set, they're going to, this is going to keep happening. Yeah. We have Brad in the chat. He's saying, can I interest you in Jackson Smith and the Jigba in round one to pair with Diggs? I think that it could be a great play. He's a very safe prospect. We haven't seen him in a little while. He did deal with the injury this season at Ohio state. However, one of the last times that I saw him at full strength, man went for over 300 yards in the Rose bowl. So that's what they could get if they would attack it. I think they'll look to build through the draft. Um, Watch for this. If this is something I'm sure we'll talk about here in a couple of weeks to months when we get some better lines on where maybe Jackson Smith could go um, and some of these other wide receivers. Buffalo is a target. We got Jamie in the chat tonight saying one of the best podcasts around with a couple of the most knowledgeable guys in the business. Oh, thanks, buddy. We appreciate that, man. We appreciate you tuning in on your busy Tuesday. He says that he cannot put Burrow over Mahomes and Allen just yet. I'm right there with you. I'm very close, though. My big thing for Dynasty that we'll have to keep in mind here, too, what do they do, Nate? Because they are ready to pay Burrow up front here, it looks like. Get this contract out of the way. So a little cash over cap situation. However, T. Higgins is going to need a bag soon. And Jamar Chase, 
when he gets there, it's going to be probably the biggest, most lucrative wide receiver deal we've ever seen. So are you worried that maybe T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, they hit the road here in a couple years, Hayden Hurst when they can't pay these guys? Well, here's the thing. Cause when I saw this on the show sheet, I wanted to kind of look at their cap situation. They have the fourth most cap space in 2023. They have the seventh most cap space in 2024. And again, the fourth most cap space in 2025 they can afford to pay all these guys. That shouldn't really be a problem. Okay. Okay. So Nate, I appreciate that insight there. Um, Really excited to see what the Bengals can do down the stretch here. Um, Let's go ahead and move forward here in the show, Nate. Let's talk about um, Greg Roman out in Baltimore. And Greg Roman has been an excellent, excellent coordinator for a couple years now. However, it has gone a bit stale. Has it not, Nate? Um, Ravens top three in rushing percentage in five of the last six years. But this year, they didn't have the backs to do it. J.K. Dobbins hurt. Gus Edwards hurt to begin the season. It was the Kenyon Drake, Mike Davis show, which realistically, you need at that point, it should have been Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, sprinkle those guys in a little bit. Um, but Nate, like, I just think this was a, a, a matter of someone had to fall on the sword here. Roman was the easiest guy to blame, especially when he didn't get the ball to Mark Andrews, Devin Duvernay down the stretch when they were obviously the most talented guys left out there. Well, I believe we talked about this on Thursday with Jack Cavanaugh, but Roman's offense didn't make wide receivers want to come play there because he just doesn't simply doesn't use them. And we saw that like Rashad Bateman, phenomenal prospect under the Roman system. He was never going to live up to his potential. It just very simply, that's not how the Roman offense works. They de-emphasize wide receivers. They use running backs, tight ends. This is a good thing because I, I think we need to see Lamar Jackson open up a little bit more on the passing game, which is what's going to make this offense more successful because teams literally can't come in and just hyper-focus on the run. So this is kind of a similar situation to Buffalo where it's like you can focus on Allen in the passing game. Well, in Baltimore, you can focus on Jackson in the running game and Mark Andrews. That's all you really have to do. The percentage that they ran 23-man personnel over the last five years with Lamar Jackson, and I get you're trying to protect your quarterback and you're trying to run a power run game. But disguise it a little bit. You know, they they don't disguise it. You you know, they're going to run for over 50% of the time each and every season, even when they have lesser caliber backs. So he's going to fall on the sword here. John Harbaugh also came out, Nate, and said that he wants Lamar Jackson back, that he'll be back 250% likely that he'll be back. Um, So we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. But Greg Roman out in Baltimore. Meanwhile, Bill O'Brien back with the Patriots. And he last time he was with the Patriots was early 2010s. I believe it was 2013 was his final season there. Um, or, 20, or 2011, excuse me, for the Penn State job. And there's a lot to like about this. One, they actually have an offensive coordinator in place in New England, which they haven't had for some time now. They always kind of switch on and off. They never give people real labels there. Um, Gerard Mayo was a part of this decision, which I like. I think Mayo is now the heir to Belichick is kind of what that signals to me, Nate. Um, Bill O'Brien's not afraid to get in Mac Jones face and give him some tough love like he needs, but also like we can't forget who Bill O'Brien is at the same time. Obviously a terrible general manager. I know that does nothing to do with coaching, but the same guy trades DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson in his second round pick in his heyday. And then uh, also same guy, first game with Penn State, loses to Ohio University. Uh, so just like, I don't love Bill O'Brien that much. I, I think, obviously, he went to Alabama in the last couple of years. He showed up, but, you know, it's Alabama. You got Nick Saban there. You have a lot of commodities around you. One of the best recruiting classes and systems. 
I don't think this changes a ton for me other than at least it's not Matt Patricia in the year. And, and I am a little more optimistic on Mac Jones, but it's still like, you know, maybe a QB two. Yeah. I mean, that's unfortunately that's probably Mac Jones ceiling in the NFL at this point. I was obviously more excited about him in the past, but I do like this higher though, because this offense was good with Bill O'Brien at the helm. And we know Belichick's going to have his hand in it, but now we have somebody who's the official head of the offense that has to answer for what goes on in that offense and who Mac Jones has to talk to and the rest of the offense has to look at for leadership. I think that something that was glaringly missing in New England last season. I think this is a good hire. He's familiar with Belichick. He's familiar with the system. If they really are going to hand it off to Gerard Mayo, Mayo's got his offensive coordinator now because it's not like Bill O'Brien's going to be (laughs) getting calls for a head coaching job anytime soon after what happened in Texas. And I think that's why they went back to O'Brien because they know that he's going to stick around. He wants to be a part of this team. He wants to get back into a winning culture, which he hasn't been around for a while, Uh, created an awful culture in Texas. And obviously you've got to beat them from his Penn state days. So I like this hire. I like it more than you do. Like you said, he's not the GM. All of the things that he made so many mistakes doing, all of that stuff is out of his hands. Now, all he has to do is run an offense, which we've seen him do effectively. Yeah, I, I like that. And Brad was kind of in the chat saying something similar as well, that it's when he took over the GM role that things really got out of control down there in Houston. So I agree with that. I am a little like, I just took Mac Jones in a startup that you and I are in, Nate, recently. So I am interested in Mac Jones. Um, my biggest thing is they need to load up on wide receivers, some legitimate wide receivers. They haven't had him in, what, four years since Julian Edelman's yeah. been gone. So. And I thought DeAndre Hopkins made perfect sense for New England. I was actually looking at, we're going to talk about it, but I was looking at the odds for Hopkins. And I said, oh, New England would make sense. And then the Bill O'Brien news dropped. And I said, well, New Hopkins isn't going to, the, to there anytime soon. But, you know, good to hear that. Um, we got Hoove in the chat. He's saying, do you think O'Brien came on to, to Coach Jones? Or maybe they told him they're making a play at Rodgers. Here's what I'll say about this. And I, I think it's a good point thing to point out, Hoove. They are familiar with each other. While Mac Jones was graduating from Alabama while O'Brien was coming in, Mac Jones stayed behind a couple extra weeks to help Brian, Bryce Young, and and the whole system kind of turn over a little bit there. So Bill O'Brien is familiar with Mac Jones. I think that is what drew him. I don't think they're going to be making a a play at Rodgers or Brady or any of these veterans, Derek Carr even. They drafted Mac Jones. This the New England Patriots. They're a stubborn, stubborn organization. But there is some familiarity there as well, which does intrigue us a little bit. Nate, in some other news, some sad news here. Tony Pollard, he breaks his fibula. Ezekiel Elliott willing to take a pay cut in 2023, he said. So first of all, sucks for Tony Pollard. Great RB1 season in terms of fantasy. Once he went out of that game, it was downhill for the Dallas Cowboys. We saw how valuable he is, Nate. How, how do you kind of read this? What do you gauge this? If Pollard gets signed on a team-friendly deal, if Zeke's willing to take a pay cut, they're not going to cut him because it's an $11.8 million cap hit. He means too much to the franchise and Jerry Jones down there. So where are you drafting these guys next year? Pollard will be ready for training camp. We're hearing from Rap Sheet today. Well, I mean, we'll know more when we get through OTAs and into training camp and we're starting to get into our redraft drafts. I feel like he's probably going to come back fine. I don't know that he stays in Dallas, though. That's my concern is that another team is willing to pay him more because we know how Jerry Jones is. I mean, he's he's not the best GM owner. <laughs> in he'll the pay league. Zeke a million dollars. Exactly. He'll pay Zeke, <clears throat> but I don't think he's going to – I don't know that he's going to pay Tony Pollard. 
Well, and he let Amari Cooper go. Yeah. Signed Michael Gallup to a lucrative deal. Michael Gallup was pretty bad this year. Obviously, coming off the ACL, he's not going to be 100%. But still, you make a good point there. If they are back, I would say Tony Pollard is going to get overdrafted to me again. I have always kind of been in that boat. He had a great season. I wish I had more of him in 2022. Um, If he's a mid-tier RB2, I would attack him in drafts. Zeke, I think, is now a flex play. Like You're basically banking on 900 yards, 10 TDs for Zeke. The big thing we saw, he did not get the receptions this year. Always averaging that 40 to 50 reception range, Zeke did. 17 in 2022 obviously injured for a couple games as well but i am concerned that zeke like this is who he is he's a short goal line back he's kind of almost the the more utilized jamal williams of the dallas cowboys sure i I, i'll buy that it makes sense i mean the dude's older Uh, as far as a running back goes he's still probably about half my age but as far as running back goes he's older he can stay in dallas which he will you know jerry jones is gonna let him go but at best, seriously, flex play. Like you said, 900 yards, 8 to 10 touchdowns is probably about his ceiling. And because of his age, and his, he's lost quickness. He just doesn't factor into the passing game as much anymore. He doesn't have that agility and that quickness to be as effective. Great at pass blocking still. still <laughs> great, great at pass blocking. Yes. Not sure. a great center, though, on the last play there. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to get into that. Not a great center. Great pass blocker, though, Zeke is. Great snapper, too. The snap was golden from, baby. So, uh no, no, no dislove there. Last thing I'll kind of say on this is something to keep in mind here. If they do move off of Tony Pollard this offseason, look at them to make a play for Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs. I think one of these premier backs because they know that Dak is only going to take them so far without an elite run game. That's not going to be through Ezekiel Elliott anymore. He's a solid back, but he's nothing more than that. Um, we got Jamie in the chat. He's saying that he's expecting Pollard to move move on from uh move on next year from the Cowboys and uh and the Cowboys will keep Zeke. Yeah, Jamie, that's kind of where we are with that situation as well. Um Tony Pollard get get well soon. Thanks for bringing in a lot of people championships this season. You were a great asset. Um let's move forward though Nate into some NFL offseason discussion and bets with headline hijinks. <laughs> All right, headline hijinks. Nate, today I wanted to look at some of the offseason betting markets and free agent moves we could be seeing, NFL draft talk, a little bit about that. And I do want to start off by saying this. Some of these lines, it's really going to depend what is available in your state, whether you're using DraftKings, FanDuel, any of these smaller books. In Pennsylvania right now, I can't get some of these bets, but so just be just be aware of that wherever you guys are, whether you're in Australia like Brad. I'm not sure where Jamie and uh, I know who's from Wisconsin, so I don't even think he has DraftKings out there. But just be aware of this. I'm not 100% sure wh- where all these draft uh, where all these books are available for you guys, but uh, they are available out there if you guys look at across a couple of them. Nate, I want to start with Aaron Rodgers and my headline here. It has been talked about. Adam Schefter seems to have the inside scoop that no one else has. One, we do not know if Aaron Rodgers is coming back. He said on Pat McAfee's show earlier today that he needs to take some time. He's doing some whale watching out there, having a good time, playing in the the Pebble Beach Pro-Am next week as well. So he is taking his time. Um, But if he comes back, there's a good chance the Packers are going to need to move him. They have Jordan Love heading to year number four. 
They're going to have to give him what figure out whether they want to give him the the rookie uh, rookie add on or not. I'm not sure if they will um, because they just haven't seen enough from him. So I think that they want to maybe trade Aaron Rodgers a couple weeks ago. I didn't think that was the case. Maybe it's Schefter blowing smoke up our ass once again. Um, but my headline here is Aaron Rodgers, one ayahuasca session away from the frisky New York Jets. And really, to me, Nate, I think this makes the most sense. One, Schefter comes out yesterday, Monday. They only want to trade him to the AFC. Then next, Schefter comes out and says they're interested in doing this deal. Uh, like he could be on the move, but they don't want to give him up up in the NFC because they've seen what happens. Brett Favre obviously facing them in the NFL playoffs wasn't a good look for that organization. So Rodgers, he has a connection with Zach Wilson. He came out today and said how he met Zach before the draft process, really likes Zach, that he's a good, hardworking kid. Maybe he could help repair his image a little bit, sit behind Rodgers for a couple years. Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, good tight ends here. Maybe they could add another wide receiver like Alan Lazard. It makes sense for me. The only thing that's tough is Aaron Rodgers is going to be somewhere between a $40 million to $60 million uh, cap hit here in the next year. However, the Jets do have some room to get out of some deals like Corey Davis if they cut him uh, before, I think, June 1st. They can save uh, or only cap hit of one million. So, like Nate, there are deals to be made here. How do you feel about Aaron Rodgers potentially heading to New York at plus six fifty? If you if you it's available in your state, are you willing to to lay this down here, Nate? Yeah, I'll put a unit on it. Why not? Might as well. Um, this seems like the most realistic landing spot for some reason. I don't know if it's because you've talked me into it with all your Jets love all season. But it does seem like the most realistic spot. It seems like a spot he can just kind of like plug in and play, if that makes sense. The pieces are all there. Their line, while beat up, will be better next season. Garrett Wilson, even Elijah Moore, maybe he could help Elijah Moore get it going somehow. I, the defense is good. They need a quarterback. That's what it comes down to. The defense get- is great, like to the point where Aaron Rodgers, you throw two, three touchdowns, you're probably winning winning each game, you know? Yep. That, that's – and like – after seeing Buffalo and kind of how they folded, I think Aaron Rodgers said, hey, maybe the, the path to the NFL playoffs to a higher seed could be through that that AFC East division. So that's kind of how I'm feeling here about Aaron Rodgers. I think if he is traded, obviously, I'm still probably going to lay a little bit of money down on the Packers as well when this becomes available here in PA. I think it's plus 150 right now, and I think if he does, and I think he does want to come back because he even said he's already getting the competitive itch again. He's playing in the pro-am next week. So I think Aaron Rodgers will be back. I think there's a good chance it's in a Jets uniform, though. I think it's Jets or Packers here, a little Brett Favre action. How cool would that be to, though, see him in New York with all those weapons, potentially maybe Alan Lazard or someone, one of his boys, Randall Cobb, joins him too. I think it's fun, man. I think it's like like this is what movies are made of. This is what sports are made of, Nate, and that – you know, it could be a little far-fetched here on my Jets love, but I love it. I don't think it's that far-fetched. I mean, after what we saw last offseason and some of the crazy things we saw, like this would be one of the least crazy things if he ended up with the Jets. And Woody Johnson has said he'll do what it takes to get Aaron Rodgers. He said two first-round picks were now the question to get Rodgers. Johnson wants to win. This move makes sense because Rodgers wants to win. I don't think it's crazy. I'm putting a unit on it after the show. All right, Nate, take us away with your headline here. Tom Brady, 
he's also he came out and I just was bagging on him last week on the player profiler show over there with you guys um, for Roto Underworld. And I was bagging on how Tom Brady's been on this podcast, the Let's Go podcast for two seasons now, and has never given us one usable soundbite. And then he comes out yesterday and the, the other co-host, Tom, like, what are you doing? Can you tell us anything? He says, well, if I effing knew what I was doing, do you think I, I, I would – effing not tell you like i'm obviously going to tell you so great clip there from tom brady on the let's go podcast first one in two years happy about that but nate what is tom brady's future here that you can tell and where are you putting some coin on it so it's it's the place everyone's been talking about but i i talked about it i think a little bit ahead of everybody else tom brady you guys from the short of the desert McDaniels and Brady reunited in Las Vegas. It makes a lot of sense to me, especially after the news we heard today, where basically Josh McDaniels has been given the green light to bring in his guys. There's already talk that Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro are going to be on the trading block. It's already got Devonte Adams. They can keep Josh Jacobs on a franchise tag, which is most likely what they'll do. If they don't get a deal worked out. You bring in Tom Brady. It's the perfect place for an old man. I mean, how many people go to the desert to retire anyway? Because it's nice and warm. It doesn't hurt their bones. Maybe this elongates Brady's career. And I, like, all joking aside, him not playing in cold weather, I think is what elongated his career in Tampa Bay, why he was able to keep going because half of his season wasn't in freezing-ass cold. And now he can go to Vegas where he gets to play in a dome all year. So the only thing that keeps me away from thinking that maybe this could happen is the family aspect. And I obviously don't know where Tom Brady is, you know, with his kids or the relationship there, but two of them are are in Miami and one of them is is in New York. So that's the only thing that kind of strays me away from placing some coin on this one. Nate is, does he want to go out to that West coast so far away out there, but the situation, it makes sense. Josh McDaniel is obviously his guy. Hunter Renfro, I would hope they would keep him because I think he would be so good with Tom Brady. Like I do too. I, I, I don't want to say it, but like Hunter Renfro with Tom Brady would be Wes Welker 3.0, Julian Edelman 2.0, however you want to put that. I think he would be excellent. Darren Waller, he could use him like Gronk, Foster Moreau. It makes sense. Yeah. I think they would need to sure up that defense, sure up that offensive line, and, and lure him out there. But I really like where your head's at with this. Only thing I'm thinking is, does the family aspect come into play with this? But well, uh, you got, Jamie, could. You got but Jamie like in also, the chat. Jamie in the chats. he's saying that, that he loves it. He loves uh, Brady to Vegas, Nate. So you're not, not on an island. <laughs> well, here's the thing. that Maybe we're forgetting in all this with the family aspect of it. His wife is worth significantly more than him she can do whatever she wants. So if she wants to come to Vegas and she wants Tom to be, a, I'm sure it'll be a family discussion, but I just think this is the best fit. If he's going to stay in the league, I can't see him going back to Tampa Bay. They just don't have the money. Yeah. I, I think that place is pretty shot. They've done a lot of the cash over cap, kind yeah. of like the, the Rams, a little bit of a hole there. So we'll see what happens with Tom Brady. Nate is going with Las Vegas. I'm going to talk about Lamar Jackson. And right now the books are kind of all over the place. You can't actually bet Baltimore that he he is going to stay in Baltimore, which I didn't like. So my bet for Lamar Jackson, where he's going this offseason, you've got to know when to hold him and when to fold him. And this is one as a gambler, as a sports gambler, I'm saying I'm hands off on because he's going back to Baltimore. 
John Harbaugh already said 250% chance he's back. They're going to tag him. Whether the it's the exclusive tag or not, I'm not sure. Um, but I think it's going to be the tag where they cannot get rid of him. No one can can pay two round two first round picks to get him. Um, it just makes too much sense to me, Nate. I don't think they'll get a long term deal done this offseason because the QB market right now is shot. Like Deshaun Watson yeah. kind of blew it up. They knew what what Jackson wanted. They knew what Burrow was going to command here in a couple years. And I think Jim Dorsey and that gang out there kind of did that on purpose a little bit to do this and, you know, inflate the market a little bit. So I think he's back in Baltimore. You can't bet on it. So, uh, Nate, do I, I, you got anything else here? No, he's back in Baltimore. There's no way they let him go. Do you want to see a city riot? And I don't think it's hard to make Baltimore riot. So... <laughs> That is, yeah, it is true. That actually the first ride I think I ever like, like right in a city I actually ever saw in my lifetime was like, wow, like what, you know, I think I was like 14, 15 when that happened. So that was a crazy situation. Yeah, mine um, was Rodney King riots, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the chat. A lot of people I know the Rodney King riots were the first ones they saw. Um, crazy stuff. Glad, glad, you know, I, I know there's actually some stuff going on in the country right now, but glad it's nothing like that. Nate, let's talk about Derek Carr. I put out earlier on Twitter that my guess is for some of these quarterbacks, and I didn't include Derek Carr. kind of forgot about him a little bit just because it is Derek <laughs> Carr. Um, where do you think I Derek mean... Carr goes? Because there's so many like good options. Could it be Tennessee? Could it be Washington? Someone said on Twitter that Ron Rivera and Derek Carr seem like a match made in heaven. Both very emotional, emotional gentlemen, so it makes sense to me. Tampa Bay, if Brady leaves, like there are a lot of options here for Carr. Where do you think he heads and what are you laying down? Well, look, Tampa Bay is not going to spend money on a quarterback at this point. They can't really afford to, and they need to rebuild. So that one's out the window for me. I can't really see Tennessee. I can kind of see Tennessee. We talked about it, I believe, on Thursday. I mean, he's kind of that man quarterback like Ryan Tannehill when he had his good season, where it's like you do enough to not lose. You do enough to get your team to the playoffs. You're probably not going to get very far in the playoffs, but you got there. That's the kind of quarterback car is for me. However, my headline is the overrated QB carousel continues. Derek Carr to the Colts on a one-year prove it. Oh, oh, <clears throat> dude, they just think have I know. Look, don't have it. Don't take issue with me. Take issue with your franchise. The carousel of overrated quarterbacks. You're. Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. Now they're going to come to Derek Carr. It's just the way it's going to be. And I, I don't, I don't love it, but it makes the most sense. They don't have a ton of money. Derek Carr isn't going to command a ton of money. Not the way that he'd left Vegas and not with the season that he had in Vegas with Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs, when he should have been just so much better, but he can go to India on a cheap deal and he can either prove it and get an extension and take a pretty decent team to the playoffs that, if they get everybody back next year, they'll have the best offensive line in football again, more than likely, or at least a top five. You've got Pittman back. You've got Paris Campbell playing well. Jonathan Taylor will be back from injury. This is a team that could do something with even a middle of the road quarterback that doesn't make mistakes and doesn't try and sling it like Matt Ryan was doing or like Carson Wentz was doing last season. It's not sexy, Seth, but at plus 425, like throw a unit on it. Doesn't hurt. Throw half a unit on it if you're feeling queasy about it. But I am queasy, and here's why. And maybe he's the bridge, but I think Will Levis is their guy. Or I think they trade up to one and go after a CJ Stroud or a Bryce Young. Will Levis makes a lot of sense to me. He's bit he's a big guy. He has a rocket of an arm. He, I love I, that. But he's, dude, a, he's a Kentucky guy that's not far from Indiana. 
former Penn State guy. Uh, obviously, couldn't beat out Sean Clifford. So F Sean Clifford on that one. Hate him for that. But uh, all, all the way around, look, I think they go with a rookie here. I think Jim Irsay has seen enough. Um, I think he's blown up enough bathrooms in Josh McDaniel's house to, to, to know that this is his time if he wants to get it right. Do you think that there's a chance that Carr goes there as the bridge, Nate, or do you think he goes there on a prove-it deal starter and they don't draft the rookie? Uh, no, I think they probably – well, I mean, they've got the fourth pick. That's right in that. Maybe you can get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Maybe they do swap with Chicago. Maybe there's somebody Chicago likes it for that they don't need to spend the first pick on. I could see that, but I still think they want to have a veteran because these rookie quarterbacks, you don't want to throw them to the Wolves. This isn't Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was like a once in a generation type rookie quarterback where you could start him out of the gate and you knew he was going to be good. And he was, but you're not going to get, I don't care if it's Will Levis. I don't care if it's Bryce Young, CJ Stroud doesn't matter to me. These guys are not that they're not going to be fired out of the gate and you've got talent on this team. So why not get a veteran to bridge the gap? Okay. I do think CJ Stroud out of all of them could be the one that I, I think could fire out of the gate. I've just seen the guy play in person. He's a tank, huge guy. Sure. Um, Brad in the chat throwing a little uh, Will Levis this. Listen, man, Will Levis isn't perfect, but like he has his developmental traits. We're going to talk him, about him a lot this offseason. Brad, yeah. I am in the Will Levis camp, seeing him uh, pretty up close and personal for a little while. Um, Nate, let's go on to your next bet here. I want to talk about DeAndre Hopkins. And Nuke Hopkins was somebody who – has just been a controversial guy. I mean, gets his way out of Houston, obviously rightfully so, gets away from Bill O'Brien. Um, terrible trade. We already talked about that. But And then he goes to Arizona. He's been a, a solid wide receiver. Now once out after a year that he missed six games due to PD suspensions. One, do you think Hopkins still has it? Because when he was on the field, he was still stellar this season. I haven't seen that drop off, but he is at that age. We can't yeah. We can't deny that. Um, and then where's he going here, Nate? So it's been noted that Hopkins wants a new deal. He's already making really good money from Arizona, but there are only a few teams that really can absorb that contract and be okay. Cause they can't cut him. That cap hit would just be crushing to lose that player, that caliber and lose that money. I think Hopkins goes to Chicago because they need an alpha receiver for Justin Fields. They need AJ Brown, this situation to get fields on track. They traded for Claypool. That's fine. They overpaid. But what that tells me is that they're willing to overpay. And I think in this situation, they're willing to overpay. My headline is nuking the NFC North, Hopkins to Chicago and blockbuster trade. The odds are plus 1,400, which I think is insane. Insane because that since the season ended, that's been the conversation. Chicago's got to go get that guy. They've got to get that one receiver. They're not going to take him in the first round of the draft. You need that vet that can help Justin Fields. Dude, Hop is that guy. DeAndre Hopkins, he's 30 years old. You only need to get a couple seasons out of him before you can start working in some of the younger guys. Maybe get Mooney going. Get some of the focus off of Mooney and Claypool. Maybe they can get rolling. This feels like the perfect situation for Hopkins for me. Okay. And, and and that definitely makes sense. I you've kind of been on the on the on the train that the Bears need to add a elite wide receiver. I think personally they would want to go a little bit younger than Hopkins, but it does make sense. And for those odds, like that is a pretty pretty astounding odds. I would think they would be higher in that. Packers have very short odds. So I don't think the Packers are going to give up the draft capital just because that you know that is who Green Bay no. is. I like New England. So there there aren't a lot of more teams that I think need his services as bad as the Bears. So, yeah, I can get down with that, Nate. 
Um, well, and the thing is, too, is the Bears have the most cap space of anyone in the league, almost $100 million. So they can afford to – and they're, they make bad decisions, Seth. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's 100% sure. Uh, let's go ahead. I'm going to round us out here with my fir- my final uh, my final bet here. And this is one that is more available in a lot of these books if you guys are looking around. But it's the first pick of the NFL draft. And my headline is going to be, Devil Went Down to Georgia. Jalen Carter selected number one overall, plus 500. And I know a lot of these draft experts, they're looking at Jalen Carter's stats. And they're not, like, overly impressive. Guy had six sacks the last two seasons here at Georgia. But that's not really his game. This guy is a run stopper. This guy is a wrecker. He doesn't get to the quarterback as much playing the defensive tackle position. But you just look at Jalen Carter this man's different, Nate. 6'3", over 300 pounds. Um, and I think he's just a guy who can get in the backfield at the pro level, shut some some runs down. And I think if the Bears do hang on to that number one pick, it's going to be a guy like Carter, where right now he's definitely behind a guy like Willie Anderson Jr., who's been very prolific at his time in Alabama. However, I think people see Jalen Carter like Trayvon Walker last season, where he hasn't reached his full potential. Like I said, only six sacks, but the athleticism, the traits, and you're going to see him at the combine here in a couple weeks where he's going to be an absolute freak. Um, So I think right now the Bears, like what they need is they need that guy up front here on the defense. They have a decent secondary right now that they're putting together. Win healthy, Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, and then they have the linebackers as well. Jack Sanborn out of Wisconsin had a really good rookie season, and Nick Moreau, they can probably get cheap back. Uh, formerly of the Vegas Raiders, had a good first season for them as well. So I think they're set on some of the defensive pieces, but I think a guy like Jalen Carter could be that run stuffer and take this Bears team to the next level. What do you think about it here at plus 500? Will Anderson also at that plus 500 number as well. If you want to go with the, uh, the other uh, edge here in this one. So I like this. Uh, so I'm going to make a comparison. I'm not saying necessarily skill level, but the role that this person plays in the defense, he reminds me of Derek Wolf. Wolf didn't get a ton of sacks, but what Wolf did was he disrupted everything on every play. He was, like you said, a wrecking ball at the line. He didn't always get to the quarterback, but he caused enough disruption to affect a quarterback in the pocket or outside of the pocket. And that's huge for a defense. And they've already got, like you said, their secondary is good. They've had some great linebacker play, but if they can shore up that line and get a guy like Jane Carter, who just causes chaos, let these other guys do their thing. I think it's a really good move. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's going to happen because it's probably a smart move for the bears. Maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I don't hate it. And maybe they'll get right. And at plus 500, I mean, sure. I think if you want to get in on this bet, you have to do it before the combine because I think that's when his yeah. stock is going to go up. Um, you know, again, we have to keep in mind too the Bears could trade out, but I do think if it's the Bears selecting, it's going to be Jalen Carter. I'm taking it plus 500. Uh, I want to thank the IBT family again for being here tonight. We got Didi who snuck in here a little bit while ago. Thank you to say hello to her. Good to see you tonight, Didi. Appreciate you. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Nate, some great bets laid out here this evening. I'm excited to get some of these as soon as I can over here in PA. I know you're looking to do the same. While we do that, let's go ahead and jump into the final segment of the night, Ring of Fire. (laughs) 
Ladies and gentlemen, we got something real special planned for you tonight. This is The Ring of Fire, featuring our special guest, Kyle Scott. Now y'all, saddle up, strap in. We're gonna have a real good time. All right, the ring of fire, the game that just keeps on giving here throughout the NFL offseason and postseason. And to play this, we're bringing in one of my best friends in the universe, the audio editor extraordinaire, Mr. Kyle Scott. Kyle, how are you doing in this fine Tuesday evening? I know I asked you this about eh, 40, 45 minutes ago. How are you doing now? About a little past 1019 on the Eastern Time Hour. Uh, yeah, I'm still do- doing good. Uh, thanks for asking again, Seth. Uh, like Nate just said in the uh, intro here, strap in. We're going to have a real good time. And that's there we exactly go. what we're about to do. All right. And guys, to do this, we're going to bring in another special guest. She is one of our mainstead podcast hosts here. You haven't seen her in a little while just because, hey, that's what happens here in life. It gets crazy. You guys got a kid. Um, but please welcome in. The one, the only, Mrs. Jennifer Holvoet. Jen, how are you doing this evening? It's great to see you. You're looking wonderful as always. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, um, life has gotten crazy. Uh, Jackson's bad bedtime has shifted, so therefore life has shifted. But got him down, got him tucked in tonight, and able to join for this final round. I'm excited. Awesome. And guys, I kind of did want to make an announcement that Jen will be leaving the podcast for the the time being as we head into our new season. This is nothing more than, again, parenting, trying to make it happen here. Um, And Jen, I know you love podcasting. We love having you on and we appreciate you being on the last couple of years with us. And it will not be the same. And you kind of put it a very good way to me as we talked about this. So love to kind of just give you the floor to talk a little bit about your experience and kind of moving on here. Yeah, I mean, I've loved every minute of this. It's been nerve-wracking and scary and enjoyable and exciting and fun and all of the things that encompass what we do. And I don't know how it snuck up on us that Jackson was turning five and the time change in November just was like, oh, crap. (laughs) this kid has been waking us up between four and 5 a.m. Like maybe we need to shift his bedtime. So we took the opportunity back in November to kind of make that adjustment. And um, it's been good. I mean, we sleep now until six ish, seven ish sometimes on a, on a good day. So we're excited to do that. And as we transition as parents with Jackson, um, I'll be back. I'm not going away forever. I'm just taking kind of a back seat, working on the back end of things with IBT here for the next little while until the next hurdle uh, approaches. And he stays up until nine and he's a kid who can sit and watch with us. You know, I mean, that yeah. that's ideal. That's ideal right there is him joining the IBT family more than he already has and uh, transitioning into to new things. Awesome. Well, we greatly appreciate your service the last uh, couple seasons here on the show. You will be missed. You will not be forgotten. Um, And we do have one final game to play with you as well. Ring of fire, which 
it's a doozy here, Jen. We had a we had a blast last time playing it, didn't we, Kyle? Yeah, we did. We have a blast every time we play. Yeah, so audience members, feel free, type in the chat. Let us know how you, how you feel about some of these prompts, some of these questions we're going to bring up as well. And Jen, thank you again uh, for coming on here for a final time. Excited for you to, to get out of the country here later this, uh, later this week and, and jump on a cruise. Well-deserved for you and Nate. Yeah, we're excited. Underprepared as always, but always. overly excited. We'll get it together at the last minute and it'll be just fine. We'll have a blast. There we go. Well, guys, we're going to jump into some ring of fire here. This is our adopted version of our college drinking game, our favorite college drinking game. So play along with us. Each card has a role here. Kyle, I'm going to go ahead and flip this first card, buddy. All right. All right. So eight is going to be mate. And you're going to be reacting to the fantasy handcuff. So which running back had more rushing yards this season? Zamir White or Isaiah Spiller? Oh. <laughs> Dude, were... I don't like this. <laughs> I hate <laughs> two guys. <laughs> oh, man. I, I loved Zamir White coming into the season, and so many people loved Isaiah Spiller as well. I wasn't on that train, but these are two rookies who barely got any run here in their first season. Jamie in the chat's going Spiller. Jen, I'm, I'm going to let you go first. Are you going Spiller here? Or are you going uh, Zamir White? Oh, man. Neither could have had, what, 500, 400? I, mean, I don't think either tough. one had 100 yards. Shut up. I swear to God, I don't think, I don't think either had 100 yards. Oh I, I, I don't think Zamir White had more than 10 carries, 15 at most. But Zamir White's going to take over the I'll back. Go, I'll, go, I'll go White. All right. She's going white. Nate, I'm going white too. I don't think Spiller mm-hmm. had that many, but I, don't, I think white maybe had 60, 65. Dude, <laughs> I don't remember Spiller having a carry, and I watched a lot of football. I think may, maybe I heard his name once or twice. I'm going to go Zemir White because I think he probably edged him by just a little bit. Okay. Kyle, what's the answer here? All right. So white ran the table from you guys, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he... Had 70 yards in 17 attempts. And Isaiah Spiller had 41 yards in 18 attempts. Oh my God, I was so off. (laughs) You said 500 yards. I was like 400, 500. Like, that's an acceptable Mm -hmm. amount of yards. For the way everybody. 800. The way people were talking about Zamir White all season, you'd think he'd had 400 yards. But I liked Zamir White. I, I I thought it could have been his backfield. I think I projected him out for probably about three or 400 yards on about 90, you know, 90 to 100 carries. So it happens. Uh, it was a good, you know, good question there to reflect. Let's flip this next card here, Kyle. Uh-oh, Ace. Ace is a fantasy guess who. I'm thinking of a of a football player, and you have to guess who I'm thinking of. <laughs> oh, good lord! Do we get like <laughs> 21 questions or anything, or is it just like we just have to guess? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 21 questions. It's like 20 questions. You okay? You have to, oh, like, yeah, 20 questions, not 21. Sorry, yeah, 20 questions. All right, yeah. Kyle, do you need us to ask the first question here? Or are you going to give us a first clue? Oh, um, 
No, you're going to have to ask a question. Do do they play on offense? Yeah. Nate, question? Are they a, Jen? Are they a quarterback? No. Are they a tight end? No. Do they are have they, a tight end? <laughs> Don't use one of our questions on that silly question. Do they have a wide? Are they a wide receiver? <laughs> Do they have a wide receiver? That's the opposite of a tight end. Ooh. Getting yeah. spicy. Is it a wide receiver? <laughs> he is a wide receiver. Okay. Yeah. Has he been on more than one team? Uh, yes. Nate, question. Are these yes no questions? Yes. <laughs> Does he play in the American Football Conference? Ooh, uh, yes, he does. Does he play in the AFC North? Browns? Yes. Bengals? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Jen, you AFC North <laughs> wide receiver. That's what we got. Browns, Bengals, Steelers, Baltimore. Does, does he wear orange? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. So it's so it's Bengals or Browns then. It's got to be Bengals if he just said sometimes because the Browns helmets are always orange. Uh, well, the Bengals wear all white though. Who is Donovan Peoples Jones, baby? Incorrect. I like your. I like the gusto though. <laughs> so does that mean Seth is out? Yeah, you guys oh, got your oh. guesses here. Yeah. Is it Jamar Chase? Oh, Jamie asking that in the chat too. It is not. Okay. Yeah. Jen, you don't have to ask a question. You can get more information here. It's yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah, down, yeah, yeah. at this point, it's down to like David Bell, Amari Cooper, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, or Trenton Irwin, if you want to go that deep. God, I hope it's not Trenton Irwin. I wouldn't even know how to ask a question regarding Trenton Irwin. Is he named after a state capital? Ooh, good one, Kyle. All right. Is he? We got we got Jamie here. He's guessing Amari I mean, Cooper. Amari Cooper was my first guess, but what state capital is Amari Cooper? No, that, that was Trenton. That, yeah, Trenton, that was Trent Irwin. Oh, <laughs> it's Amari Cooper. Okay. Oh, he's played on multiple teams. Yep. Yeah, yep. I don't know why I guessed Donovan Peoples Jones. He's teams. only played on. I don't know why I guessed Jamar Chase. I mean, yeah. he played for LSU. All right, good I was one about there, to start Kyle. With hair length. So that was good. That was good. All right, Kyle. We got number nine here. All right, nine is nine times out of ten our favorite category on the show. It felt like nine times out of ten, there was a BK have it your way commercial during football. BK, Go back and forth. Have it your way. Go back and forth. Fast food slogans. Okay, so we got to go around the room. Fast food slogans. Um, I have one. I'm going to start with, uh, we'll go down the list here. Uh, Subway eat fresh, baby. Nate, uh, <laughs> uh, 
uh, Viva La Taco Bell from the little dog thing in the 90s. Does that count? Oh, I don't. Yes, that counts. We'll give it to you. Okay, this is the only one I have because we don't eat fast food or watch commercials. Uh, Arby's, we have the meats. Oh, yeah. I'm loving it, McDonald's. Oh, yeah. I got have chick-fil-a today (laughs) new slogan i I think theirs is we're closed on sundays because we're pricks (laughs) (laughs) nate you got a drink for that one buddy nate nate throws one down twist my arm kyle do you have any more that we missed off top of your head uh Honestly, the only one I could think of is, uh, of course, the regional favorite, Sheets Run and Done. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you guys had Sheets for the first time out in Ohio. Yeah. Let's go. We've Yeah. We've only had Sheets once, and that was two years ago. Yeah. We got uh, Jamie saying, Dangerously Delicious. What is that from? Dangerously no Delicious. That sounds Jamie, familiar. you're going to have to tell us the Magically Delicious. Yeah, that oh. is. Yeah, I I love I love those commercials. Dangerously delicious Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure, hundred percent what that one there is from Jamie. Um, let's go ahead and flip the next one here though, and we got Queen. What is a Queen, Kyle? Queen is answer a random trivia question. This is this is a good one. This is my favorite. I love trivia, so. Get ready for it. Strap in. We're about to have some fun. Let's go. All right. With the first overall pick in the 1984 USFL draft, the Pittsburgh Maulers selected this Heisman winning running back from the University of Nebraska. I'm out. Um, You said 84? Yeah. Franco Harris? (laughs) He was later drafted by the NFL at some point. Franco Harris? No. Seth. Franco Harris was retired oh, yeah. by 1984. Yeah, he was Penn right? State guy, too. That's terrible. That was terrible. Um, <laughs> do we get to ask questions? <laughs> if you want. I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer them. Can you tell us his NFL team? 84. Uh, yeah, if you give me five seconds. All right. 84 here. USFL, he, 84. He went to the Oilers. Oh, Lorenzo White. No. What? Eric Dickerson? No. He played for the Rams and the Colts. In, in the know. 80s? I think we got to give up on this one, Kyle. Who you got? You guys don't know Mike Rozier? I do. I played Mike Rozier. He was like fast back on uh, Tech One Super Bowl. Come on, Come on, Mace. That was that was set up for you, buddy. That was set up for you. <sighs> My grandpa we, would be so mad I forgot a Nebraska player. I think we got a couple more here. We, we'll do a couple more cards. What's a did we do King yet, Kyle? Uh, no, King is King of the Times. So everyone's going to answer a question about the current time of year. And our question right now is: Would you ever visit Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, for Groundhog's Day? If so, what's your game plan? All right. So I got to set the scene a little bit for you guys. 
Punxsutawney was what only 45 minutes from where Kyle and I went to college. And basically the whole groundhog thing day in Punxsutawney PA is like you go, you show up at four 35 AM and you just start getting hammered, you know, normal Pennsylvania shit, February 2nd. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much the gist of it. You pull out a groundhog. There's a bunch of state cops around. There's a bunch of, you know, people dressed up for it. That's pretty much the gist of it. Nate, would you like to go to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania for Groundhog's Day? And if so, what's your approach? So no, because you were asking me to get up insanely early in the morning. I don't want to get there by like 4 a.m. But if I was going to go, I probably wouldn't go to sleep the night before. I'd probably just drink through, make sure I had someone to drive me. Seth, that would be you because you're probably closest. Okay. Okay. So Nate's he's, he's, he's going all nighter to this thing. This is going to end his night. Jen, are you going with Nate? Are you going to booze through the night, jump in, jump in a car with a designated driver, hit Punxsutawney, or are you going to chill out a little bit? Um, take a nap, take a sleep, wake up early and, and start morning drinking. So I was surprised by his initial answer when he said no, because it's too early in the morning. And I'm like, bleep that. We are drinking straight through the night. We're going. <laughs> this is a once in a lifetime potentially. Because, I mean, we're getting older. We cannot drink through the night anymore. And we're getting older. So we're not waking up that early in the morning anymore. So it's like we are in our prime to go see Punxsutawney Phil. And be amongst the crowds. One in, one time only in our lives drink maybe we take like a really long six hour nap in the afternoon wake up at like nine o'clock at night mm, then we yeah, start our boozing like that. Ooh, like that. and then we go or we like find a and b somewhere where we can we walk is there is that like a possibility i mean i've seen uh, I groundhog day I, I don't but know if you're walking around punks tawny this time of this time of year jen Oh no! Like too cold or too yeah, it's just the middle or? of nowhere. Punxsy's kind of the middle of nowhere. It's not a big place at all. It's it's very random why why Punxsutawney Phil is a thing, but interesting. This is so I'll piggyback on Nate and I'll say we're drinking straight through the night, finding somebody to drive us there in the morning. We won't remember it. Fall asleep at seven o'clock in the morning. Ruin our whole day. Okay, fair enough. I will round us out with. My game plan. Definitely want to do this at some point, Kyle. We should have done this in college. We were always too busy doing shit, like professional shit, that kind of bums me out that we didn't go do this. But here's how, if you're doing Groundhog Hogs Day, this is what you're doing. First of all, we're firing up early. We're going to get some sleep. I'm going to probably wake up 2.30, 3 o'clock. We're going to get to Punxsutawney. Mimosas. Step one, mimosas, ladies and gentlemen. Orange juice, champagne. Also, I'd like to try that Tom Hanks drink as well. A little, little champagne, a little Diet Coke, a little DC for you. Get you going up in the morning. It's apparently delicious. Don't look at me like that, Kyle. Um, <laughs> we're going to start with there. We're going to move right into the bush lights. And we're going to go up. We're going to see that freaking groundhog. We're going to see what's going on. After that, we're going to Indiana, our old college town, Kyle. We're going to stop in there. We're going to stop at Brunzies. We're going to get some more delicious beers. Then we're going to go to Tom's Pizza there as well get some delicious grub byob take some bush lights up in there have some more bush lights head home it's a great day no more winter baby let's go it's a lot of bush light man (laughs) is it called byobl 
if you're bringing your own bush light. Oh, I guess it is. Yes. Yes, that would be that would be correct. EYOBL. I'm going to have to use that, Jen. I appreciate that. Kyle, are you going to Groundhog's Day? Any thoughts you have on the game plans we're throwing out here? Anything you would add? No, man. Hell no, man. I'm not going to Punks at Tawny. <laughs> Bro, it's Punksy. Let's go. Come are on. Are kidding me? There's... Groundhog's Day sucks, number one. It's not a holiday. It is like, to Phil. Phil and the city, Phil, and the, and the city of Punxsy. Phil's not the same groundhog year to year. They just pick a groundhog. You can't prove that. Yeah, you can't prove that he's the same groundhog. You can't prove he's not. I bet we could find out. We're at an impasse. <laughs> we're gonna have I to guess go we're going to Punxsutawney. I guess we're gonna mark that damn film. Gonna take you a little. Pay me to go stand in twenty degree windy ass punksy to see a groundhog, and then some dude with a top hat be like, "Uh, he saw his shadow." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that no that's true. All right. All right, some shade going out from Kyle to the Punksy fam. We love you, baby. All I'll say though, Chuck Daly, not from Punxsutawney. That is not a myth. No, he's from Kane. That's a bold face lie. Bold face lie by the media just because he coached there. Last card here for us, guys. Queen. Do we do Queen, Kyle? We did. Yeah, that was a trivia question. All right, let's flip another one here, too. Oh, this is a good one. Two is you. Hold a fantasy beef session. That's a good one to round us out. We're going to have a quick airing of grievances between okay. the co-hosts. I'm going to first just kind of pile on a little bit. Nate, you have been such a media pundit attacking Aaron Rodgers recently. It's been despicable. <laughs> it's been despicable. Like, you are a great human being. Aaron Rodgers is a great human being. And I'm not out here trying to, you know, sugarcoat it. But you're just absolutely attacking the guy for a clip that you didn't even watch. The, you didn't even watch the full interview. And then I... You know, I took out my grievance with you last week on it, but I'm going to pile on here. You need to respect Mr. Aaron Rodgers here, Nate. That's my beef with you here in fantasy. When he goes to the Jets, Elijah Moore, he'll still be trash because Elijah Moore. Garrett Wilson, stud. Brees Hall, stud. CJ Uzama, he'll be CJ Uzama. Tyler Conklin, yeah, let's go, baby. Wow, you're really excited about Tyler Conklin. <laughs> you're the only person on earth that excited about Tyler Conklin outside of his mom, Seth. So I'll come back at you with my beef here, buddy. You told me Zach Wilson was going to be a thing. You remember that? You're like, no, he's I a good did. quarterback, Nate. And I was like, no, he's trash. Like, just wait and see. Just wait and see, Nate. Just wait. That is true. That is, uh, and I will say, I fell in love with a couple very advanced metrics from him his deep ball, his red zone passing percentage. That's what led me to that. And yeah, I was wrong, but maybe Mr. Aaron Rodgers can save it. Jen, do you have any fantasy beef you'd like to air out with Nate, with myself, anything like that? I don't know that I necessarily have any beef. I've been kind of, uh, um, I guess, disappointed, very disappointed in my mom voice with how Joe Burrow has been acting lately what um, what do you mean the, what's joe burrow doing dude he's been a dick what like, chill the fuck out bro what do you, you need mean? to take it down a notch dude everything that he's saying is just like 
so frustrating for me as a person because I believe in him and I'm not a big like showboater trash talker when I'm playing fantasy football or any sport, any, anything. I am like that silent winner. I like being that silent, cool uh, winner who just kind of takes it all in with the glory. I don't need to make waves. I don't need to be a dick and talk about refunds. Like, you, what do you, you mean? Take- he was answering the question. What are you talking about? Rewatch it. What do you? Re-watch you thought that it. was arrogant? Oh my god, that was. They sold so... tickets for a game that wasn't even going to happen because Joey B and the boys were coming in. How? I thought that was an all-time mm-hmm. line. No, I disagree. I hated everything about it. Wow. I wanted him. I think that he's a um, small child who is still trying to find his fashion, find his voice, find his personality. And I'd like him to take some time you know, to do that rather than come out here in these weird clothing options. Like it's not him. You can tell that's not the true Joe Burrow inside. I think Joe it is. Burrow I think inside. Joe swaggy baby. No way. He is like buttoned up Catholic schoolboy. No, pants. you don't know. That is his true self. He is trying to be someone who he's not. I don't know. Joe Burrow's pretty swaggy. I like it Joe, though. I Joe like it. Cool. Yeah, Joe Cool, baby. Joe Burr. Let's go. I Jen, I I appreciate the take. I, I think you're on an island, at least with me, but I appreciate it. Jamie's in the chat. He's saying he has beef with Chase Claypool for being the biggest <laughs> dumbass that can't learn a playbook. Yeah, that was pretty bad. And uh the Bears, they gave him up 32nd overall picks going back to the Steelers. Cha-ching, let's go for that one. I want to do one more card and it's a card that I don't want to flip because I just really love the question that I know we have for it. So Kyle, we're going to pretend this next card flip is a three, regardless of what it is. Oh, it was a four. All right. So we're going to go with a three. This is a three here on the card flip, Kyle. Um, what is number three's question? Yeah. Three is me. So you're going to answer a question about yourself. And the question is, have you ever thrown up in a public bathroom? If so, when and where was the last time? All right. So I think we've all, I mean, we're all guilty of it. Nate, you throwing up in a public bathroom? I think we're all guilty of this. I've never, I've thrown up a lot of places. I've thrown up in lawns. (laughs) I've thrown up leaning out of a moving car. Um, I puked on my friend's neighbor's dog when I was in high school. I've thrown up in a backpack. You've thrown up on your sister. I threw, I threw up on my sister's head when I was like five and I had a cold and or I had a stomach bug and she was sleeping on the bunk below me. I've puked many. I've puked on the floor of this house somewhere. And that was from a stomach bug. I'll have, you know, I have never puked in a public bathroom. Jenny. I don't know how I, I who knows. Jenny, no. Jenny, you, yeah, have you puked in a public bathroom? You've had to, right? Not that I recall. I've, I've puked in alleys. I've puked in our front yard. I've puked in our car. Yeah. I've puked. <laughs> that one was a bad uh, one. The, co- the cops were chasing us and we pulled over real quick. And I was like, I can't do it anymore. And I and I puked in between my legs all over the car. floor of the car. And then once the cops went past, <laughs> this is going down in public history now um, on public record. <laughs> Kicked the door open to the car and the 
way to get up to our house, we just had like this kind of little hill and it had just snowed. It was either my birthday or Nate's birthday. Had to um, have been mine if if I was the one it was your puking birthday. and you were driving. Um, and I army crawled all the way through the snow up to the front door. But not before the cops stopped us because they went to the neighbor's house. And Nate, you have to tell the, this part of the story because I only vaguely remember it. So they weren't actually chasing us. And we had a friend with yeah. us. A friend had gone to the bar with us. We were like three blocks from the bar, right? So we park in front of our place. We're like, crap, they are following us. So the cop gets out and goes to our neighbor's house. I look right. in my rearview mirror and I see our buddy get out of his car and take off running down the street the other way. Jen pukes. She's like, I can't be in here anymore. She pushes the door open and falls out. It was out like a volcano there. mound. It froze. To the, it froze. It I had to throw the rug away. Jen starts army crawling in the snow across the sidewalk. I pick her up and the cop comes over and he goes, a little bit too much to drink for your lady tonight. And I was like, yeah. He's like, do you need help getting her in? He's like, absolutely not. I got this. Bye. And I carried her in. My buddy, our buddy Evan showed up like five minutes later at our front door. Like, I thought you guys were going to go to jail. I was like, well, first of all, I hadn't really been drinking, so I was fine. But this, this was our life in our early 20s, Seth. We were fun. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm glad. But never, never in a public bathroom. I think I always made nope. it outside or mm -hmm. okay. swallowed it so, down. So not yakking in public. Kyle, you ever, you ever, you know, pull the trigger out in pub? Um, if by public bathroom you mean just any bathroom that's not mine, then I'm like, sure. I'm like I've puked in friends' bathrooms. I've never puked in like the bathroom of a bar. Okay. Restaurant or something. Okay. Okay. Because I, I can hold my liquor. I'm a I'm a gentleman. Uh, I wait for the after party. I wait till I go home to throw up. All right. All right. I hey, I appreciate you being a gentleman. I will say, I have not been a gentleman. I have I have aired my grievances in some public yaks over over the years. And the last one, I think it was what so it was. 2021 i think um i think it was my 22nd or 23rd birthday um kyle was actually up at your house for the night up in indiana pennsylvania our college town i came back up and um a couple of us had gone to the bar our favorite bar brunzies we talked in our little corner booth you know having a good time and um our, our one our one buddy mud he said you know hey let's do some shots for seth's birthday before we get out of here what do you want seth oh you know let's play it safe let's get a lemon drop you guys have lemon drops like have you had them before, pull votes? Oh, yeah. Like super casual. Hey, it's a lemon, yeah. eat some vodka, you know, sugar around the rim. Let's have a good time. This lemon drop, as Kyle can attest to, god awful. Like, had to be the worst <laughs> lemon drop. Like, just tastes like straight vodka and like awful. Uh, maybe like a hint of lemon, but like a terrible vodka, like not even a good vodka. And oh. I took that SOB. I went right into the bathroom. Super casual. I didn't let anyone see me, but I went super casual in there. Freaking puked it right back up. Hey, got the party started, though, again. Went out, ordered a bush light on draft, put that thing down. We partied all night long, didn't we, Kyle? Puke and rally, baby. That's how we did it at IUP. Yes, sir. <laughs> at least you made it to the bathroom. I have one funny story, and then we'll we'll go. But um, it I went to a college party. And it was a smaller party. There were maybe like 15, 20 people there and they were doing flaming shots. And I was like, Ooh. 
Yeah, I've done flaming shots before, you guys. I am 21. Hello. <laughs> and I didn't blow out the flame before I took the shot. <laughs> and it went down. Obviously, everything inside of me burned, but I was able to make it to the front porch. As I was, like, doing that, like, gulpy burp but gasp for air, burp but gasp for air kind of thing, before I made it to their front bushes and puked it all out right there. So, uh, PSA, blow the flame out of your flaming shot before you do it, go, and then shoot it. Hey, that Just makes sense. I never knew how people did them, so I'm gl glad to know that now. Um, yeah. We got... We got Jamie in the chat saying, I puked on a cop's shoe in front of my house, asking them why why they were fucking with me on my property, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I spent the night in jail. <laughs> hey, sometimes you do the crime, buddy. You're going to do, do the time. That's hilarious, Jamie. Oh, no. I, I will say I haven't got arrested for puking but i've been damn close to it so uh i feel for you there jamie um hope everything got cleared up there with the cop the next day you know no issues there kyle i want to thank you man for coming on as always bringing your fire into ring of fire and jen i want to thank you again for joining us not only tonight but throughout the last couple of seasons of the show this is not a goodbye this is a see you later exactly right goodbye for now not goodbye forever and Kyle, watching your hair length transform over the years has been just so wonderful. It really has been. She's not lying. Yeah. Oh, don't I know. It's glorious. It's glorious. It is. It is, man. Hey, that's what we go out on, the good vibes. Jen, we appreciate you. Nate, always bringing them as well. Here, Ryan Shotgun with me. Kyle, with the long, luscious red locks, man. It has been glorious to see. He got through the awkward stages. Now it's just it's just flow, baby. <laughs> and, guys, we're going to flow through the rest of the NFL playoffs here over In Between Media. If you guys are new to the channel, please hit that subscribe button. We greatly appreciate it. We'll be back here next Tuesday. Until then, keep it in between. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. 